there! You're listening to Make New Friends, a weekly podcast about the trials and tribulations found in the realm of friendship. We're your hosts, Mary Aikman and Sienna Mooney. Let's make new friends! Yay! Oh my gosh, episode 9, feeling so fine! <laughs> yeah! First of all, let me apologize if I sound a little stuffy. I am sick, so ignore that. But also, we're going to talk about staying connected. And my favorite topic of all time, online friendships. Oh, man, there's so much to be said. I mean, I think that you're probably like the resident pro when it comes to online friends. Like, I don't know, whenever I see you on Twitter or literally anything online, like you're always like tweeting at someone or talking about this thing that your friend is doing. And I'm like, how does she do it? How does she make those online (laughs) friends? (laughs) Honestly, there's like a degree. So Wait, so you can go to school for it? You can go to school? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. There are degrees of it in terms of like how and who I've met and when and all that. So a lot of the people who I interact with are like old YouTube friends that I've known for a millennia. Right. Like I have several friends that have no connection to YouTube or any kind of the stuff I do online. But we just like mutually follow each other and it's like amazing. I love those mutual friendships. Like one guy, his name is Ben Friend. I love him. Wait, his last name is Friend? Yes. Great last name. (laughs) Strong last name. And he lives in Chicago and I don't know how, but one day he started following me on Twitter and then I followed him back and now it's like he's one of those people that's always in my Facebook feed, you know? Yeah. Like, because the algorithm. And it's just like, oh, Ben, we've never met in person. I have no idea why we're friends. But we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely have friends like that, too. Actually, I feel like at this point, most of my, like, mutuals are those types of mutuals where it's like we fave each other's things or like we sometimes have like little convos but I've only met maybe like a handful of those people or I've like met them like literally once and like that's it because you know we don't live in the same place so it's not like we get to see each other so for me I think it's a mixture of people who I know from YouTube who I I kind of assume that I'll meet eventually Mm -hmm. so those people it's like oh some like some event down the line I'll run into this person and it's and it's cool and then there's people who I know I'll like never meet like I have a friend who lives in India and I don't imagine that I'll ever get the chance to meet her maybe I mean my biggest dream is to go to India so maybe and she lives in Mumbai which is like the main place I would want to go but apart from that it's like when are you going to get the chance to meet these people? Right, exactly. We should kind of talk about the different kinds of online friends initially. Okay. What kinds would you like automatically list out? Like if you could think of the type of friendships you have. In terms of style or like the category I would place these friends? Like the category you would place the friends. Okay, I hope I'm going in the right direction. I think so I would place like uh, maybe one person that we just started following each other for like no reason and we like don't really talk but there's like a mutual respect okay that sort of category I don't know what I would call that maybe kind of just like the random follow for follow that turned into something more <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I have some other ones that are like they followed me and then I creeped on them and decided they were super cool and so I followed them back it's like that, but a step up, I guess. Yeah. And then there's the, um, 
I'm sure there are some like one-sided <laughs> friendships online out there where it's like I'm following them but like they're not following me we're not like really friends but like I wish we were you know yeah like they're like too cool <laughs> <laughs> um and then there's like um like you we've met before we follow each other and I don't know it's just like a bowl of laughter all the time. <laughs> a bowl of laughter. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is, is that what you mean by categories? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like I would define them more, I suppose, in like a normal language. So I'm thinking like <laughs> I have my friends, like the people who I'm like actually friends with mm-hmm. and then my acquaintances and then the people. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, that random follow for follow. No, but okay. Uh, I totally agreed. Like yours are probably better for this conversation, but that's what initially made me think about it because we have those people who, like you said, you follow each other mutually and it's just like, that's it. Like mm-hmm. occasionally you like comment on something. And then I think another thing that I would add to your list is people you know in real life that also follow you online. Yeah. Like who you did not meet online initially. Right. Who you met in person the first time you ever met them. And then it became like a more of an online friendship. I have several friendships with people who I... Well, okay. I keep saying friendship and that's kind of what got me hung up on asking you about it because... To me, there's like friendships online with people who are actually my friends. Mm -hmm. But then I would still call someone who's like more of an acquaintance or someone who I've only interact with occasionally online a friend. Okay. Would you do that? Um... I don't know. I think that I would feel weird calling someone a friend if I like don't feel like I know them really well. Like before you and I uh, got closer, like I don't know if I would have called you my friend. Like I'd just be like, oh yeah, I know her, you know. Okay, yeah. Because I think what's hard is like describing it to people. Like right now we're having the conversation where we're trying to describe it. Like I don't know the term to call someone that is like clearly we're not friends. We don't like talk every day and know each other's deepest, darkest secrets and like not deepest, darkest (laughs) secrets. But like, you know, like I would say a friend is someone who knows more than just surface level. But so many of these people are surface level friends. But I would still call them friends. That's the term I think I'm getting hung up on. What do I call? What do we call these people who aren't like under the traditional umbrella of friends, but like because it's online, there's like a different experience. So what you're describing, are you saying that they know more than surface level, but not like to the deep depths of friendship level? Yeah, maybe. I think this is why, right? So you know someone in person, Mm -hmm. you don't talk to them every day, they don't know what you're doing. But online, especially I'm thinking through Twitter, you're always seeing like the thoughts and the experiences and all of this of another person. So you feel like you know them on a higher level than you would someone who you would just see like every once in a while in real life. Okay. And so to me, that means that there's like a a level of friendship there, even though the friendship wasn't mutually like, I did not agree to give this one person that information about Mm -hmm. me, but because it's on the internet, they have all that information. And so they're going to know more about me than like this person I see like once a week at church or something, you know? Yeah, I totally get you. So I don't know how to define that kind of friendship. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting um, distinction between like online friends maybe a few years ago and like today, because like I feel like everybody 
uses Twitter. Right. And it is that, like, sort of dumping ground for your thoughts, be them funny, serious, political, whatever. Like, But I do feel like um, on Twitter, you can kind of... It's, it's much more of like a free speechy area than like Facebook where you get really annoyed by the people that are preaching that kind of stuff, you know? Right, right. I, I totally get what you're saying though about the um feeling that you know someone on a deeper level than just like, oh yeah, we follow each other on the internet and that's it. But I do think that the difference between like a good friendship and acquaintance is with a good friendship, it doesn't have to be like a best friendship, but like a friendship is a two-way street and you do have that communication between two people where you are sharing to them your stories and whatever and they're sharing back an equal amount. Whereas on Twitter, like sure, someone may be sharing something very personal and you may feel closer to them, but that doesn't mean that they are reading something from you, you know? So Right, right, right. It feels a lot more one-sided. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's because unless someone is interacting mm-hmm. with you constantly, then you're not sure if they're actually reading if they're actually seeing what you wrote. So, like, I was talking with a friend um, at the beginning of May who I know from online, but then a later knew in person. And he was like, oh, yeah, you seemed like you were having, like, a really hard time a couple months ago. And, like, I didn't think that he had seen any of that stuff Mm. because he never interacted with it. So I never saw any likes. I never saw any, like, responses to it. And so I just figured, oh, this person never saw that. But then he brings it up in person. And it's like, oh, you did see it. But I had no idea. So I I totally can see what you mean about the, like, one-sidedness. And, like, it makes you think you're better friends with someone than you may be. And Mm -hmm. then you realize that they probably feel the same way in a lot of situations. And Yeah, I feel like that's pretty common these days, like, on YouTube and probably Snapchat and stuff like that. Like, you're seeing into people's lives and they're being vulnerable. But just because they're showing you this side of them doesn't mean that they are looking for that side of you. Right. Like, I've experienced that where I've gone through a rough patch and on my private Twitter, I've, like, talked about it at length. And then people, like, text me and they're like, are you okay? And it's like, I had no idea that you were, like, reading this stuff. It's just kind of, like, where I just put my thoughts, you know, that's it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And the same thing happened with my photo journal. Like, that was uh, my journal and it was, like, you're, you're reading my personal thoughts. And on the one hand, I did feel like it brought a lot of people in my immediate life closer to me because they got to see like what was going on with me. But on the other hand, um, I feel like there's always that give and take, like you're letting people in and you don't know who's like reading it all the time. And so some people might just be like, oh, I'm super good friends with Sienna because I read her photo journal all the time. <laughs> and like, I know all about her. Yeah. And it's like, I, I appreciate that. But like, tell me about you. I don't know who you are. <laughs> so this is a really, really long winded intro to our topic, which is about staying connected with friends. And mostly we're going to be talking about online because at this point, it, there's no other way to stay connected with someone if you're not seeing them. Yeah, that's so true. I'm going to include online into like the text bubble. Okay. So like texting, I would consider online interactions because yeah. it is technically, I suppose. Uh, a while ago or just a few moments ago, you brought up um, having friends that used to be IRL friends and transitioning to online friends. And I actually have a few friends like that. Um, but 
but I feel like that sort of transition happened like once I left high school and went to college and everything because there's that distance and now I'm obviously in another country so pretty much everyone that I knew in America is an online friend even my family (laughs) right but there's certainly like that sort of weird space where it's like we're keeping up on each other's like tabs but at this point from my perspective I feel like I don't really know them anymore like I know who they used to be so that's interesting because it's like sure you can use the internet to stay in touch but at some point like you're gonna lose touch like that's just what happens right well I was actually bringing it up in terms of feeling like I know people better now Mm. like there's two people in particular I'm thinking of who were in my sorority and I knew of them like I ran in some of the same friendship circles as them I think we maybe like sat down and had like a conversation together like once or twice you know right right. and now there's these people who I see them on Twitter all the time and I'm like oh I feel like I'm your friend like we could just go get lunch (laughs) tomorrow and be totally normal because I know all this stuff about her that I would like never even knew and we're a lot similar than I thought Mm -hmm. you know we like a lot of the same things and I always thought like oh like she doesn't like me or what have you you know yeah (laughs) that's what I think about most of my sorority sisters is oh I don't think she likes me (laughs) (laughs) I have a few people like that who I wasn't really close with but um after following each other on like Instagram and stuff I feel like I've gotten to know them way better than I ever did when we were real life friends I think that's really interesting too because you know sometimes on social media you can like express yourself differently than you would with people in person like especially like if you're in school right and if you're shy you know the internet might be a good outlet for that or whatever so I think that's really interesting I hadn't thought of it that way as like a tool to strengthen your existing acquaintances well it's because you I like we mentioned earlier you're, you're suddenly knowing things about someone that you didn't know before and so that's why I say like I could just have you know lunch with this person because now I know all of these talking points that I would have had to kind of flesh out in a conversation originally Mm -hmm. but now I I know all of them so I can just bring them up like she loves um, anime and listening to um, Korean pop music and so it's like (laughs) oh okay I can just talk about this stuff without having to like realize that she likes them and then like go from there yeah I think it's interesting that you brought up Instagram because I in no way feel like Instagram is a way that I get to know people more in terms of photos when it comes to stories that's a different story (laughs) stories become like youtube where you feel like there's a more of an instant connection because there's voice and video rather than just like a photo Uh i can like learn things about people like oh they went to new york this weekend but I'm not like hearing their thoughts. Usually there isn't much of a caption. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, oh, okay, whatever. Swipe, 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 swipe. But with stories, you get a step farther into someone's lives. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, I'm like experiencing like seeing their family and like seeing their home. And like all of a sudden it's like a much more intimate experience than just like, oh, here's a photo of my cat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I get you. I don't really use Instagram stories. I think it's really bizarre because on Instagram I follow such an eclectic mix of like interior design accounts and art accounts that Instagram stories doesn't really make sense for me because it's like I have no connection to these like curated accounts you know Mm. but um with Snapchat I definitely felt the way that you feel about Instagram stories like I found it really fascinating 
to get more in touch with the people I was watching on Snapchat. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you're following like um, a content creator or something like that, that can be really weird because you feel like you're friends with them in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like I'm an adult and I'm not like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to call up my YouTuber friend and hang out. Like, no, I understand that they're not my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it does give you that sort of sense of like, you feel like you could trust them almost, you know, like how you would mm-hmm. with a friend. Um, and I think that that's just a fascinating aspect to like the instant story sharing platform mm-hmm. thing. And it ties definitely into YouTube just as a platform as well. It's the same trust that's being built, um, at least on one side. In my dissertation for my degree, I talked a little bit about the phenomenon of authority and like there's psychology behind watching someone and peering into their lives and then becoming like attached to them Mm. and I was tying it into my dissertation about like selling something so a lot of like marketing and advertising firms are now doing research on like how that connection is built because then it sells the products better. So uh-huh. someone we mutually like, Fleur de Force. Yeah. She's one of my favorite beauty vloggers. And I feel a level of trust when she says, like, she likes a product. I trust her and I mm-hmm. say, oh, okay, that's a product that I want to try. And it's because I felt through watching her and, and, like, seeing her life and seeing how she's grown and all this stuff, I feel like there's this connection there, even though she has zero idea who <laughs> I am on the one side. Yeah. But... But, like, that builds the trust in me saying, oh, I will buy this product that you're selling. <laughs> Mary just held up a pack of false lashes with Fleur's face on it. Just for those of you who aren't in our Skype call. <laughs> and so I think that's another, like, thing about this connections that we're trying to talk about today. Is yeah. There's always, like, one-sided connections and it's built on this seeing people in person and hearing their voice. And I wish I knew a little bit more about the psychology because it's definitely almost, like, it's... I feel like it's a whole podcast on their own is talking about this phenomenon. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think, especially in this day and age, it's become such an important part of our lives in general, just like staying connected with the people you love, even the people you hate. Come on, like certain political figures, you know, like everybody wants to... I got to check up (laughs) on you. I got to know what you're doing. Exactly. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. It's, It's such an important part. But I do think that there is also an important difference in recognizing what an online friend is versus like a real life friend. So with that being said, I think we should take a little break. And when we get back, we'll talk about some of the differences and go into some research. So stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Sienna. Thank you so much for listening to episode 9 of Make New Friends. Um, I just have a few announcements, but uh, it could get a little long, so let's just dive right in. Okay, first of all, thank you so, so much for all of your support. Um, As you guys know by now, we don't pay to advertise the podcast or anything like that. So it's just really special to see all of your tweets about Make New Friends so far. Honestly, it's incredible. Um, We truly, truly appreciate the support. And uh, with that being said, if you're digging what we're doing here at Make New Friends, you can show your support in any way that you wish. Maybe by telling your therapist or maybe even your neighbors or possibly even the person sitting next to you on the bus. 
I don't know, just, just tell somebody, right? If you like it, tell someone. <laughs> Another great way to help the podcast grow is by leaving a review on iTunes. And I just want to read a little part of a review left by Steve Williams, who says, Mary and Sienna shine a spotlight on the nature of friendships, channeling their own perspectives and tapping into the viewpoints and experiences of others. Wow. I, I, I'm so, like, you guys can't see it, but hopefully it's coming through. But I'm like, I have a smile as big as my face right now. Um, thank you so much, Steve. Um, it's very kind of you. And I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying the podcast so far. Okay, anyway, uh, the last announcement I have is uh, you may have noticed on Twitter that we've moved our blog posts to Fridays. So make sure to be on the lookout for those. And if you're interested in contributing to the blog, uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at New Friends Pod, or you can drop us an email at Make New Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Make New Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Um, okay. Whew. I think that's about it. Um, Anyway, uh, the next episode of Make New Friends will be out on August 9th. And uh, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back, everybody. We're back. (laughs) And for this half, we're going to talk a little bit about the differences between online and real friendships and then go into some awesome case studies about online friendships or digital media I'm helping to um, create a sense of belonging or etc. So Sienna, would you like to get us started? Of course, Mary. So let's start off by talking about real life friends, okay? And this might seem like... (laughs) Oh, it's so simple. Just They're just real-life friends. That's the difference. They're in person. But that's not always the case. I mean, sometimes, as we said before, you might have real-life friends that you follow online. So anyway, so the first thing is that you often will see this person in real life. So the re- relationship can be built on proximity or circumstance. Like if you guys go to the same school or if you go to the same yoga class, which is like one of my favorite ways to pretend to meet people on this podcast. <laughs> Full disclosure, I've never been to a yoga class in my entire life, so. I have. Oh, was it good? Well, it was like at the Y, so it was as good as you can imagine. Oh, so you made like so many friends, right? I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, I still, uh, I have one of them here with me today. Welcome, <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> Hi, my name is Chelsea, and I love yoga. Thanks, Mary. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> okay. Chelsea's a great friend. Anyway. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing now. Okay. So the next point is that um, real-life friendships are often less in-depth about your life because you're not seeing 24-7 updates. Um, yeah, and it's just basically like you have to have a conversation with them and it's not like they're always going to tell you what's on their mind. God, I hate having conversations with people. I know it can be really taxing. I know. I know. I can't like, it's like if I had a podcast, I would suck. (laughs) If I had two podcasts, I would suck even more, you know? Great. Great. Good (laughs) PR for make new friends. (laughs) Thanks, Mary. (laughs) And museum studies or museum masters. I don't even know the name of my other podcast. (laughs) She's delirious at this point, folks. Gotta give a girl a break. The next point is that um, it's a give and take of information. Um, And like I said, you know, you've got to have a conversation. Got to ask them how their job is going, how their dog is, 
how their parents are, all of that boring stuff. And because of this, and the last point, it's more slow building over time. So I feel like with real life friends, you sometimes have to work a bit harder. It might just be one of those friendships of circumstance where you're just like, eh, I know Joe from the coffee shop, so... I guess I'll ask him how he's doing and that's it. You don't really care about it. But, you know, I guess if you wanted to make a good try at having a good friendship, you would probably invest time and effort into it. So with online friendships, it's kind of the opposite in a lot of situations. With online friends, there's always a constant flow of information. So we're thinking primarily of Twitter probably, but also Facebook in some way and Instagram and Snapchat and pretty much everything actually. (laughs) That you always know what someone's doing or you always know their thoughts. And so you're building a, uh, a, I guess, a repertoire of understanding about who this person is. Mm -hmm. When obviously in contrast, when you're with someone in person, it's like only when you're in person are you really getting to know them. It's hard to have this conversation in like the 21st century when so many friendships are both online and offline. Right. But just think of them generally as like real friends and then online friends or real life friends, not real friends. (laughs) (laughs) Only your real friends who are in real life and then your online friends who are (laughs) fake friends. (laughs) Next point is it can often be one-sided. Something that we talked about earlier in the first half of this episode is that because you're getting information, you don't know if someone is also seeing your side of the table. But sometimes, like we said, maybe you're following someone and they're not following you back. Mm -hmm. So you have this understanding of who they are, but they have literally no idea who you are. (laughs) And that can lead to a lot of like issues down the line. Yeah. So watch out for that. (laughs) Yeah. Don't just go up to someone and be like, oh my God, like how was the North Pole? (laughs) And they're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, that's really weird. Don't do that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, next point is... It's not limited to location, but can be limited by platform. So if someone's only on Facebook, then you're only going to get like the average political post and sometimes like a life event out of them. Where on Twitter or on YouTube even, you're getting a lot more information. Mm -hmm. So there's always that to take into consideration. And then these friendships move quickly and you can feel a deeper friendship in a shorter amount of time. Um, That's pretty like self-explanatory from the first point. Um, And then all of these sort of like blend in with each other. So you're getting a constant flow at a faster rate, but then it can be one-sided. And it's just like, ah, online friendships are actually very complicated. Who knew? (laughs) And then finally is if someone actually leaves a platform or leaves the internet, you're cut off all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. You don't have that information anymore. And sometimes those relationships can die off or they can be stunted where you like miss out like months of their life and all of a sudden they're back and you're like, who is this person? I don't know because I haven't seen you tweet in six months. Yeah. So. That happens a lot more than you might think. (laughs) Actually, yeah. Like, I had a friend who I was friends with them in person in London, but also knew them online. And he was really busy for, like, about six months um, out of the year. And, like, I felt like he had died. Like, I didn't know where he was. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I, like, had his text. I had his text. I had his number. So I could have just texted him. And I think I did, like, once or twice. But then it was like he was so busy that he couldn't even text me back. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Who are you? And then he's back and, like, a normal person now. Like, if you're not in the internet, I'm like, who are you? (laughs) You're not real. 
how could you have a life outside of the internet? Well, moving on, um, there was this study that is titled A Comparison of Offline and Online Friendship Qualities at Different Stages of Relationship Development. And in the study, uh, they sampled 162 Hong Kong internet users and they asked them to think of two friends, one they knew in real life and one they knew through the internet and then described the qualities of their offline and online friendships. And basically the study revealed that the offline friendships involved more interdependence, breadth, depth, code change, understanding, commitment, and network convergence than online friendships. However, um, the study also mentions that the qualities of both online and offline friendships improved as the duration of the relationship increased and the differences between the two types of friendships diminished over time. So I found that really interesting because like obviously we just talked about what we consider to be the differences between online and offline friendships. And from the look of this study, they're saying that the offline friendships were essentially deeper yeah. than the online ones. What do you think about that? One, I think it's important to note that this is a Hong Kong study. So it's coming from a, um, a little very Western place that had a lot of Western colonialization that there's going to be difference in friendships values um, right. just because there's a difference in like eastern western um, relationship values mm. but also it does mention that over time the difference decreases so basically they're talking about friendships that are in the early stages the most differences are in the early stages mm. and I would totally agree with the finding on that because online if it's someone who's solely an online friend yeah at the beginning I'm not going to know that much about them there's not going to be any kind of connection but in person there's going to be a little bit more of that because you're again you're seeing them and you're mm -hmm. interacting with them and all that um so you feel like you know that person better um i think for both of us a lot of our relationships are so not so old but they're old enough that that difference has shrunk and now we're not really seeing it so that is a point to remember while listening to this is that a lot of our relationships I would say are at least three years old in some of them like some of these people I've known for like seven years and I'm just like oh she <laughs> is that's such a long time but yeah I guess I do have a lot of like older online friendships but and that is um an important thing to remember is that you know the study was conducted in Hong Kong and take it obviously with like a grain of salt but I do think it's very interesting that over time they can basically be the same because that's what I've found to be pretty accurate you know mm -hmm. that my online friendships feel just as real as my real life ones right so the second study that we brought up is called friendship 2.0 which I love that title, Adolescence Experiences of Belonging and Self-Disclosure Online. So this is talking a little bit more about not the quality of friendships, but the um, experience of the person, um, not like between the two people, but the one person or one-sided. So the study explored how digital media technologies um, help people experience friendship and identities and, well, specifically adolescents. And so they talked to 32 adolescents, 15 girls and 17 boys between the ages of 13 and 18 um, in Bermuda. So again, we're talking about a different culture. So the values may be a little bit different. But in the end, they uh, found that their responses revealed that online peer communications promoted 
adolescents' self of belonging and self-disclosure, two important peer processes that support identity development during adolescence. Hmm. At the same time, the unique features of computer-meditated communication shape adolescents' experience of these processes in distinct ways. So essentially they're saying that, yes, these online communications made adolescents feel like they belong somewhere, which I 100% would say that especially early online users, Mm -hmm. like a lot of early YouTubers say they went into YouTube because they wanted to feel like someone was listening. They wanted to be a part of something. They were bullied or something may push them from real life interactions to online where they felt they had a sense of like they were anonymous or that they could um, reveal how they were feeling in a safer place, Mm -hmm. which is weird to think about the internet. But I guess back then it was a little bit less dangerous and not dangerous in dangerous in terms of like mental state rather than like oh someone's gonna come and stab me you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that um the other thing of course that they point out is that the online interaction is a distinct interaction basically the analysis just said that these experiences are unique to the internet that they're distinct um and that they can't necessarily be linked back to real life which is just like a researcher's way of clarifying things it's not really that important to the overall study Mm. but yeah what are your thoughts i totally think that the internet for me growing up was such a big tool in helping me express myself and making me feel like I wasn't like alone you know and I could like talk about things and I still feel that way to this day I mean I use the internet to talk about myself (laughs) and I enjoy it and I think I get a lot out of it but that being said the way that it's evolved currently I do feel like there's two sides to the coin you know like oh, you can share all this information and feel it, and it might feel very cathartic. But on the other side of things, it might feel like people are, it's like you're allowing people to invade your privacy by like sharing too much. So that's yeah. just my experience though. But I think that's a really interesting study, especially the fact that it's from Bermuda, like of all places. Yeah, maybe they just had a, I don't know why, maybe the researchers are from Bermuda. I'm sure that there's similar research that has gone on in the United States. But yeah, Bermuda seems like a strange place to pick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The last research or study, I guess, I don't know, I don't know, I guess article um, I wanted to bring up is by... Uh, someone named Robert Sharp, and it's titled The Obstacles Against Reaching the Highest Level of Aristotelian Friendship Online. And I wanted to bring this up because I believe we touched on um, Aristotle and friendship um, a couple episodes ago, and um, still blows my mind that Aristotle, like, wrote about friendship. Like, <laughs> that's pretty cool. He wrote about everything. <laughs> I mean, he liked to write, and, you know, that's cool. But basically, um, in this study or article I'm not it's a paper I guess but um the paper analyzes whether um online friendships that are made through social networks um would satisfy the conditions of Aristotle's highest level of friendship and that is what Aristotle calls perfect friendship and um Robert Sharp says, since perfect friendship manifests through a shared love of virtue, physical proximity would seem to be unnecessary at first glance. However, Robert Sharp argues that the nature of online interaction may preclude us from fully recognizing the virtues and vices in others to the degree necessary for perfect friendship to occur. So I found that 
really interesting that basically Robert Sharp is just saying that there's no way you can have a perfect friendship if you're not meeting that person in real life. And do you think that like, if you met someone online, do you think that at some point you would have to meet them in real life to really consider them a friend? I would say that if I'm going to call them a close friend, it would have to be an in-person mm. interaction eventually because I agree that you can paint yourself in a specific way, whether through text or through video, that you wouldn't be able to hide as easily in person. And then for you to really know someone, I think you need to have that interaction face-to-face and in person because I think this I don't know about the parameters of this paper or this research but if they were considering like just text friendship then yes I think there's a difference between text friendship online and like what we're doing right now skyping like we I can see you yeah and I can see the way you're acting and I can see the environment that you're in and that makes me see your facial expressions all these things that are really important I think yeah in knowing someone so I'd be interested in actually really reading in depth into this article and figuring out what they like what they were measuring these yeah and um I feel like it's it's really interesting that they're saying that you know you have to be in person to really be friends with someone because you know today we have all of these different methods of staying connected with people whether it's through Skype or FaceTime or Snapchat Instagram stories or various social media feeds so how are they really measuring it Um, and I think that that would really play into whether or not I would totally agree with what they're saying because like although I do feel like most of my friendships that were online like I've met most of those people at some point that doesn't always mean that when I met them in real life we became even better friends like sometimes that didn't help you know right I agree and sometimes we're just better off being online friends yes yeah I just took a look at the article just really quickly to see what year it was written in. It was written in 2012. Oh, that's pretty recent. Yes, it's recent, but it's not really recent in internet time, you know? Right, yeah. Well, to be fair, though, the other articles, I think, were from early 2000s. Okay. So this one, I think, was the most recent of the three. Just think of all the technology that has, like... Or the platforms, I suppose, that have sprung off since then. Right. Like Snapchat. Well, Snapchat existed back then, but it wasn't as like a cultural force as it is now. I mean, my husband and I met online and I remember when we got engaged and we were making plans to get married and everyone would be like, oh, how do you guys meet? And I'd have to be like, internet. And people would be like, what? What do you mean? That's so weird. Whereas today people are like oh that's so cute and I feel like (laughs) it's less taboo to have online friends than it used to be yeah well like okay so here's the thing like think of your relationship with Alex and take away the romantic aspect of it and you talked a lot online and you were just really good friends would you if you had never met him in person, would like that friendship still be strong? Would you consider that friendship strong? Or if you even want to think of it in like a romantic way, like if you just had never gotten the chance to meet him in person, mm. would you still be like romantically talking online or what have you? Well, romantic or not, I do feel like with my friendships that I've made online, there has come a point where people just tend to go their separate ways or whatever things change for whatever reason you grow up you get a job you have less time for right like 
4 a.m. Google Hangouts, you know? So I feel like if that had continued and we still hadn't met, I think that either we probably like shouldn't be friends, like there's probably some reason, or we should be making those plans to meet up and like hang out because like we've been so close all this time, like we should go yeah. do something, you know? I think it's probably just human nature. Like we naturally are like, okay, like I want to see this person. I want to be able to like reach out and like touch them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so there's, I think, always going to be a point where it's like, okay, now I want to meet this person in real life. And right. that's like the next step. And so I think that's completely supporting this paper, this mm-hmm. Aristotle-based paper, that the friendship is never complete until. Mm. And then, like you said, sometimes it doesn't work out or yeah. it doesn't, like, you realize, like, it, you just don't click the same way or what have you. But, yeah, like, there's always, like, that next step. And usually the next step is, like, hey, let's meet in person, whether it's at a convention or, like, you actually go to their home or their whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think, like, that this whole podcast episode, I feel like we've talked a lot about, like, the difference between online and offline friends. But I think the main thing is the internet is really useful for staying in touch with people that you consider your friends or your family or loved ones anyone. It's really a great tool for that. But at the end of the day, I do think that we're human beings and we want to see people face to face. And I think that if you have the chance, like you should go and hang out with your friends in real life, whether or not they're online friends or real life friends, like get that face to face contact, you know, go do something real fun. And then post about it online. (laughs) Right. And then let everyone know how much fun you had. Exactly. I will end with a story. Recently, I went and visited my friend Kaylee, who was originally an online friend. And then I met her the first time at VidCon. And then I saw her like three years in a row at VidCon um, in person. And I have not gone to VidCon um, for two years, and neither has she. We haven't seen each other. And so I went and saw her for the first time in March. And I will say that since we got together again, our friendship since then has been more frequent, like through online or texting, where before we went and saw each other, it was very rare. Mm. Like we would occasionally message each other. We have a group chat. We would talk in the group chat occasionally. But like it was us seeing each other in person that kind of kicked off the friendship again. Yeah. And I think that that's a good way to kind of conclude with what we've been saying that eventually like in person is a way to really keep a friendship like but that's just the degree of the friendship obviously because yeah. we I would consider her one of my best online friends but like someone who I like is just an acquaintance or a friend like I don't think it's necessary that we see each other you know. Yeah yeah I get you I get you. Oh, man <laughs> I feel like we talked so much in this podcast but actually I feel like it's going to be one of the shorter ones so that's I think kind of a relief but yeah anyway cool I think we're done here all right well thanks for listening to make new friends do you have a story about friendship you'd like to share email us at make new friends podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on twitter and facebook at new friends pod special thanks to our producer Alex Papworth and music by Max Wallace For show notes, research, blog posts, and more, head on over to makenewfriendspodcast.com and we'll see you next week.